Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the Chad and Cheese. Why is it special? Well, if you haven't noticed, it's really hard to hire many different types of positions all over the world right now. And this discussion with David and Seth from the Yard Jockeys podcast is just a microcosm of what's happening in other verticals. So sit back, relax, take notes, and enjoy the convoy. Well, I'm David Arsenal. I'm the VP of marketing here. All the attention towards me, please. Ours is only audio, David. So, you know, you don't have to worry oh, about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, just for everyone listening, I also am the hotness of the, of the, of the duo here. A couple bald guys. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, you both, you both have the same thing, a bald guy and a guy with yeah, hair yeah. and some facial hair. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, this is like looking in a mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in marketing the whole time. I've been here for 10 years. Originally, the marketing department worked with both the kind of the construction asset intelligence side of the company and the talent intelligence side. But for the last three years, I've spent only recruiting. Uh, our team produces a lot of content solely around recruiting truck drivers. So it's uh, we do a bunch of different shows. We do a weekly report that Josh back here does where we talk about, you know, where's what's the freight market looking like? What is the... Uh, demand on driver search what's the demand on how many people are advertising for drivers things like that and uh everything is just driver recruiting for the most part i mean we delve into technicians here and there but it's mostly we that's all we think about is how to recruit truck drivers better what our company does is that's essentially it i mean it's more the advertising marketing side of it but really we'll dive into any area that helps our drivers or helps our clients recruit drivers better all right so I'm Seth Becker, and I've been in the recruiting space for about 17, 18 years. Um, 10 of that was in higher education, and now um, the past seven years in truck driver recruiting. Um, so I'm excited to dive in with y'all and, and just um, you know, talk about some of the things that are going on because driver recruiting, it's, uh, it's never boring, boring, right? I mean, it seems to to be constantly changing. In fact, I've been preparing for a presentation coming up in a few weeks and I was updating a presentation from only six months ago 
And it was crazy how many changes I had to make oh, yeah. just from a presentation six months ago. And he also, he actually worked at a fleet for a long time too. He's our insider. Okay. Okay. Well, what were those changes? Where are you guys located? Cheeseman, I just asked a question. Sorry. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> what were those changes? You just talked about changes that were on a slide. Don't tease us, man. Tell us what the, what the changes were. So the changes really were around um, that in, in the past, there being a, a shortage of drivers. Right. And then mm-hmm. really in the last six months, um, the last few months, when you take a look at the data, there's more drivers now than there's ever been. Right. And so... It's, uh, it's interesting how that's changed. And yet, talking to fleets across the country, it's not like they're saying, hey, we've got way too many, right? right. They're, they're still needing more, even though there's more um, available than there's ever been. So it, it's kind of interesting. Are they not driving? They're driving. Um, I think, you know, you guys mentioned the great resignation earlier. I think um, what we tend to see in this space is... Drivers, when, when the market seems to be slowing down, um, they look at additional options, right? Um, hey, I'm not moving as much as I used to be. Let me go see if there's something better out there. Or, hey, there's a really attractive sign-on bonus. Let me see what that's all about. Um, so I don't think that it's necessarily, necessarily um, true that they're available. It's just more looking is kind of right. my and reaction. You guys probably know this since you guys have that buddy from Driver Reach, but... The turnover rate for trucking, I don't know, what is it currently at? It depends on the size of the fleet, but we'll say, you know, around 90% is what your average, yes, your average turnover rate. So how many of those people are actually going to different freight lines versus actually just leaving the industry? Yeah. It's tough to put a percentage on it, but the vast majority are um, just going to a different fleet. Of course, there are some leaving, but um, I think it's less of that. What we've seen really the past year or so is individuals leaving companies, being a company driver to go venture out on their own. So buy a truck, essentially become their own company to take advantage of um, what used to be a really hot spot market is is what we talk about. Strikes me a lot of uh, nursing similarities where it's just a money thing and I'm jumping to different hospitals slash trucking companies. Some get out of it, you know, some take a break, some do other things. I mean, t- to me, there are a lot of similarities in those two professions. There is also the um, the baby boomer exodus that's, I'm sure, is affecting every industry, but it's the, the demographic for truck driver. There, there were a lot of baby boomer truck drivers that are leaving the industry, too. So that's, but I guess if there's more available, there has to be more coming in. Yeah, I mean, when we saw that big shortage, it was during those um, early days of, of COVID um, where things began to shut down in the schools that were training the truck drivers. There was actually a lot of closures, right? And so you didn't have this, this flood of new drivers coming in like or consistent um, flood of drivers coming in like we had in the past. Um, but now that those have reopened and the pay has increased so significantly, it becomes a more attractive job than it was you know, two years ago. So how much has the pay increased? Because we've obviously seen wage increases for, for other essential workers. And since, you know, individuals in trucking drivers specifically are, uh, and I mean, you're, you're talking about supply chain, which we've had huge issues with. How much, how much has their wage actually gone up? Yeah, when we look at the numbers, um, I would say about two years ago, you know, the average was around 55,000. And if you look at numbers now, they're, they're closer to around 85,000 uh, for averages. So that's, I mean, that's a nice $30,000 jump just in the past couple of years. 
It's commercial time. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> it's showtime. Uh, I mean, what do, you, what are you all seeing on your end? Um, outside of trucking, I mean, does that sound like that falls in line with what you're seeing or is that maybe even further ahead of, of uh, other industries. Well, I, I mean, we've seen from other essential workers, I guess you could say, uh, huge pay bumps. But the reason being is there's been huge wage stagnation for decades. So this is, I mean, to be able to say that, you know, they, they're getting a $30,000 bump. Well, hell, they should have gotten that over the last decade or two decades or three decades or so. So, you know, to be happy about that, I, I just can't get happy about something that should have, you know, that, that should have already been in the bank and they should have been making money on. And when you're seeing that type of thing, how, how can you expect individuals to stay? I've also seen, you know, um, uh, advertisements and people, you know, saying pretty much false advertising that, you know, they, there are hundred $120,000 driving gigs, uh, but then you get into a seat and it's 50 grand, right? So, you know, again, there's, there's the false advertising in, in the market. And it, it just feels like the brand, the trucking brand in itself has done everything that it can to hurt itself. I think it's getting, it, it does seem to be getting better. I, th I think slowly, but surely, I think it's getting better. But what you actually brought up a really good point of like, it, and we've probably been guilty of this ourselves, that idea of like, I'm going to put what the absolute best driver with the longest tenure at my company makes to attract people. Mm. And then everybody comes in, they just feel they've been lied to. And I've seen some trucking companies do it much better where they are more transparent. And they say like, the top 50% of our fleet make averages this. And then like, and then our absolute top driver makes this. So it gives them a, a better like it's still aspirational but it's not so much like mm -hmm. here's what the guy that lives out of his truck and never stops driving makes it's like this is but yeah i think and to your point uh we've talked about this a, a million times about 
people getting a real commodity mindset around drivers and just thinking, well, it's like, as long as you can keep them for a certain amount of time, there's no real pain to the turnover. Like there's, there's an equation there. And if we can keep them for a certain amount of time, there's no real pain. But I think what our clients have found and just the industry has found in general is there's an, a very hard to describe pain there of like you're building up your reputation over time and you're just making it harder and harder and that the investment and treating drivers well and investing in them makes monetary sense over time. I think it's interesting that you said commodity. And I think beyond beyond the money, it, when you say boomers are still involved, you know, Chad and I are, are kids of the 70s. Trucking used to be cool, right. man. Trucking was like BJ and the bear. You had a monkey in the passenger seat. You had a CB, <laughs> like truck stops were cool. Uh, it was sort of this independent lifestyle. Like people wanted to be a trucker, man. I remember being, you know, seven years old thinking that's a cool <laughs> job. We're so far from those days. I mean, on some point there, there needs to be a, a branding, a rebrand of what trucking is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's maybe some of that, but the, the Hollywood, you know, romanticized truck driver is dead. And I think beyond the money, it'd be nice if trucking sort of re-embraced that cool, independent, you know, rugged, free, you know, open road right. uh, yeah. culture uh, because they, they have strayed way far from that. And they've let they've let companies like Uber and DoorDash kind of capture that, you know, high tech independence, freewheeling spirit. Uh, trucking needs to get that back, man. I don't know how, but uh, it'd be nice if they did. I think that's one of the biggest complaints that drivers have now is that it is less independent because there's so much technology that monitors how they drive, when they drive. Yeah, sure. And that might be why people want to get their own truck, right? Get, get out from the monitor, my hall monitor, do my own thing. That was also a big thing that contributed to there's lots of drivers, but but fleets were still feeling the uh, the hurt was that because spot rates were the, way, were the way they were in 2021, so many drivers said, I'm just going to go do this on my own because it's easy to make money doing this. So there was a, a like 30% more startup fleets within that year than I don't remember the exact number. Someone's going to tell me that I'm wrong, which I probably am. But um, there was way more people decided to become owner operators during that time. I'm always trying to tell our clients because I tend to think on the marketing side and I like creative and all that kind of stuff. I don't get into the nitty gritty of technology as much, is that idea that people are emotional and make emotional decisions. And so the way that you attract people to the place you work is through the emotional side of things. And it's like you're saying, it's like that idea of, you know, having a life on the road and being independent and making a good living, like that's where they should be. But it tends to be more like feature and benefit type stuff. Yeah, I love Joel bringing up the uh, the 70s references because I automatically think uh, smoking the bandit. Right. Yeah. I mean, just so cool. It's so awesome. And now we're here. All we're hearing is podcasts of uh, truck driving serial killers, for God's sakes. It seems like <laughs> it seems like we just need to get the brand back. But it's hard to get the brand back when you're treating your people like shit. Right. I mean, that's that's almost impossible. What about four boomers talking about how to make it attractive for Gen Z? What do we <laughs> what do you do? You think that what you were talking about, like that independent, rugged, would that still resonate with a with a newer 
audience, do you think? Autonomy means everything, especially to Gen Z. And I mean, even to Gen Xers. I mean, they, there's nothing that I love more than just being able to do what I want to do, right? And I think that's a human thing, but it's definitely a Gen Xer thing. I mean, last kids. I mean, we, we grew up pretty much on our own. I mean, we're just used to that. Now we've got the man telling us we can only do 55. That's bullshit, right? Um, so, I mean, o- overall, I think this is about autonomy. The hard part about that is for big companies is they have all these measures in place, as you'd said, technology to be able to not allow that autonomy because with autonomy is also risk mm-hmm. and they want to cut down the risk. So my question is not, not to, not to get away from Gen Z. We'll get back there. When do we go autonomous? I mean, that really for the, for, for the big haulers is is where they want to go it's almost like jeff bezos and his warehouses he doesn't want people in those things right. he wants robots in them and i guarantee you every single freight guy that's out there other than spending all the money on the autonomous vehicles he would love to be able to get rid of the risk and just let it go on autopilot what do you what do you think yeah it seems like every conference i've been to in the past five years has brought brought up you know autonomous vehicles uh-huh. And every time somebody talks about it, they then follow it up with, I think we're still 10, 20 years off though, right? But because it's such a hot topic and, and everybody talks about it, I think it scares younger drivers to go, why would I get myself in an industry where I'm going to become irrelevant? So I do believe that we're still probably 10 years off from that, but I don't know. It, it is scary to think about like, hey, I'm, I'm going to invest all this time energy into this career, but is there really a career path right. here for me? And we know, I mean, we hear a lot about Gen Z, career path is a big deal, right? Having that ability to get in somewhere, move up, um, have a title change, all of that. But um, especially when they have, op- they have options. Well, you right. know, it's, it's not <laughs> like they're stuck in it. If, oh, this is gonna, not going to be around in 10 years. I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. They have options. One thing, uh, I don't know how you would frame this as far as making this more attractive, but my uncle is a pilot. He was a pilot for... Delta, I think, for a long, long time. And he told me for the past 10 years, it's been complete autopilot. Like the, the planes take off by themselves, they land themselves, they do everything. And you could, the pilots could get up and walk around the cabin, but that they keep, you know, the pilots stay there because no one wants to see their pilot just up walking around. But so I would say that even if the, the trucks are autonomous, they're going to have pilots per se in the truck for a while. They're not going to be just you know, manless, they'll just be, someone won't have to necessarily have hands on the wheel the whole time, which, which is pretty exciting. If, if it would be really attractive to me to think about, I would have all this free time. I'm just monitoring this vehicle. And then I have all this other free time to listen to the Chad and cheese podcast and, you know, read books. Or code. Yeah. Or code. I mean, you, you literally, you could be, you could be a, you know, a driver or, you know, somebody who's watching the autonomous driver drive Yeah, and then sit in the back seat and code for goodness sakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, which could be, one could be the, the side hustle. The other one would be the full time. I, I do think there'll be someone in the vehicle for a long time. Overall, I think this still goes back to being sexy yeah. Having a brand and, you know, to the back to the seventies, the which is, I mean, bell bottom jeans, they came back. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, so it's one of those things where it's like, you have to own your brand. The thing is, and we see many companies, not just trucking companies, every company that we talk to for the most part, a shitty application process and they throw candidates into a black hole. So they have a bad brand now after decades of, of treating individuals like, you know, trash just throwing them in the black hole. Now they are focused. And over the last few years, they've become very focused on their brand and their experience and wanting to try to win them back. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that I, I don't know that the trucking industry has even thought of, but you know, to, to try to harken back to those days to, to bell bottoms and, and, and disco and, and actually have somebody, something that somebody cares and wants to do, that to me seems like step one, at least. It's commercial time. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. It's showtime. So I'd love to hear if there's things being done in other industries, what what could uh, the trucking industry learn from some others that are do- doing it really well? Part of the thing is how wide, how, how wide of an net are you casting? And if we're talking about the 70s, uh, I had a Farrah Fawcett poster in my room. <laughs> I don't know in terms of recruiting women. I don't want to hear anything about a happy sock. Okay. You know, diverse, you know, diverse candidates. My question to you would be how, how big is that net and is trucking doing as good a job as they can to appeal to women? Cause I've heard stories about, you know, truck stops don't have showers for females or like the locking mechanisms on trucks are the same uh, per truck. I mean, so there are issues that may not as men we ever think about, but that will keep women or other you know, folks away from the profession. Has that been sort of addressed? I would not say, and Seth will have more on this. I would not say they're doing the best they could. I have seen a lot of improvement in my 10 years and that it, it comes up frequently. How do we get more women into trucking? How we make it better for them? I'd say it's come up at every event I've been to in the last four or five years. Yeah. No, I agree. I think there's being, there's progress being made, but it's still not leaps and bounds, right? It's not this um, big shift that's happened. It's been slow, um, but at least it's happening. Yeah. I think you were talking about, are there any companies that are out there doing, you know, strides and branding and whatnot? We, we talked about, I think it was a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago, Joel, uh, we talked about the Mod Pizza in their uh, new advertising campaign where they're showing all of these individuals who are making pizza, delivering pizzas and all these things. And and it is a diverse workforce. Uh, They've got a, they've got a brand that they're pushing behind it and it's, it's pushing the product, but it's also pushing the people. And that is, that to me was just really the leap that we needed to see for companies or one of the leaps that this brand needed to make to be able to demonstrate that, Hey, we're more than just, you know, a pizza in the box. And uh, the, the big issue that some, that some had was uh, one of the individuals had an ankle bracelet on, right? So it was like, everybody doesn't matter. We want you to be a part of, we want you to be a part of uh, mod pizza, come work for us, eat our pizza, that kind of thing. And it almost seems like, you know, we, we, we need to see the same type, at least 
of slowly push or even quick warp speed push uh, from the actual trucking industry. I don't know if it can happen as an industry or it has to work line by line. Yeah, I think the because there is such a high turnover rate and, you know, when you have empty trucks, there's always, I think you tend to focus on the short wins. And so I think what I hear from a lot of clients, as opposed to thinking about what exactly is our brand, what do drivers say about us and how can we leverage that for the greatest effect? It tends to be like, what are other fleets doing that work? Like what pay gets noticed? What ads get noticed? We're just going to do exactly what they do because we know it works. It would be hard to sell internally. We need to take a step back, look at who, what our brand is and redesign everything around that idea. I think it's worth it, but I think the problem is just that turnover so high, freight's getting missed. We got to just get leads in the door. Yeah, there is a lot of parody, right? right. I, I mean, when you look at the ads themselves, you know, a uh, picture of a truck driver or a truck in the background, all kind of talking about the same things. And we all talk about wanting to stick out and do something different, um, but you don't see it that often. And I would, I would love to see, you know, I, dri- I drive on the freeway as much as any other person and, and I continually see trucks with, we're hiring or X amount per dollar, you know, per mile. I've never, and I would notice because I do this for a living, I would totally notice if it was a female talking about how great the job is and, and why it's, you know, good for her or someone that's of diverse uh, diversity. So I, I agree. I agree that you, the industry is probably stuck in this rut of like, oh, every ad has to have this kind of guy. You know, the the truck needs to be coming over the hill at sunset. You know, to show how that works and how much money. Um, it seems like there's a lot of zagging, and, and when somebody needs to zig, somebody needs to go like sort of the other direction to make it work in a different way. Yeah, I and I do think a lot of them. I think a lot of them have tried it to some or not a lot. I say a few have tried it to success. And I think a lot of them would love to, but I think they just, like most people, they just get caught up in the whirlwind of, I don't have time to think about that. They don't see the, I believe in the long-term effect of that. That's, I think that's the most important thing you could be doing, but it's hard to sell that internally. It's just like, we got to get drivers in as quickly as possible. The problem is you're not fixing the thing that makes the drivers leave as quickly as possible. You can chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. There's no reason why you can't have somebody focus tactically on mm-hmm. what's happening day to day and then have strategically, you know, this whole branding, this messaging, all of this changing and then an integration of that. I mean, it's it, it seems like it's an excuse. They want to provide an excuse for not doing anything and then bitching and moaning because things are changing. Well, they're not right. changing because you're not changing it. It's right. fairly simple. This is going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> why don't we each? You sound surprised. You sound really surprised that this interview is going so well. I was well. not sure about Cheeseman. Um, <laughs> all those paternity suits you're talking about. Hey, um, what? <laughs> now, God damn it, so wash. Uh, all right, so we have... Uh, <laughs> Now this is going to be my brand in the trucking yeah. industry. I'm going to be yeah, like, that's right. everyone's going to know Cheeseman is the I'm going to, I'm going to be the guy that. that's fathered, you know, hundreds of kids. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't show my face in a truck stop ever again now. Uh, so I'm, I like principle. I like say like, what is the, what are the guiding principles? I like to think in terms of like overarching idea. So mm-hmm. since you guys are in recruiting, we're in recruiting. Let each person say what they think like the most important principle of being great at recruiting is. Why don't you start, Cheeseman, since we since we were so mean to you. My grandfather was a, a big, he was into fishing. And so many rules of being a successful fisherman, 
or woman are really relevant to recruiting. So if you want to catch fish, are you fishing in a, in a lake that has fish and how many fish and are you, what bait are you using? Right? So the similarities, where are you marketing? Are you marketing to folks that are going to hear your message? Are you sourcing folks that are relevant to, to what you're hiring for? What is your messaging around that? I mean, we talk a lot about employment brand and brand in, in our, on our show and a lot of companies, like we said, think tactically. I need X, Y, and Z today. What am I, what am I going to do to find that and go find it? But being big picture and, and sort of like, okay, yes, we know what we need, but how do we increase that funnel to get more people in the door, more people interested in what we're doing? Um, and I think thinking strategically um, is a big part of success in recruiting. The fishing metaphor is right up my alley. I He was a bluegill guy for what it's worth. Bass. I'm a bass guy. I actually fished a tournament yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's commercial time. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards, so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. It's showtime. All right, Chad, what's yours? Uh, it's simple. It's human first. We're not treating the, the the humans that actually do all of the work. They develop product. They drive the trucks. I mean, that what we actually need to drive business forward are human beings. Until we have robots who can do it all, sorry, sucker, you've got to be good to the humans. And until you actually focus on human first types of strategies and day-to-day operations, then get somebody who can can that son of a bitch get rid of them get somebody who cares about the actual people once you do that guiding principle that should be principle number one in every business not just trucking but it sounds like trucking needs that more than ever all right seth what's yours which you kind of did a presentation yeah you you know mine's going to be um and it's uh, be the easy choice and that means a lot of different things that that goes to making the process easy because competition is so high um, that you've got to make this process very easy for somebody to move through it with you. Um, But it also, so that's physical effort, but then there's also this mental and emotional effort too, where you've got to make that easy. And because once again, competition is so high, how do you make it easy for the driver to compare? What are the most, the things that are most important to him or her? Make that, that easily um, available so they can compare that to what, what else is out there, right? Um, so both physical and emotional, make that easy for them to make that choice. Mine would be, mine's kind of a combination of what Chad and Seth said, but mine is kind of like, I need a better way of articulating it. But essentially it's like using your own empathy, like empathize with who you're trying to reach would be it. Like empathize with you're trying to reach. Like ask yourself, would this be, I see so many marketers and recruiters do stuff that wouldn't be attractive to themselves. It's like, would you want to click that ad? Would you actually want to go through that process? Does, do you like the, would you want to go through orientation? We had, I don't think this happens near as much, but uh, when drivers would come in for orientation, 
they would make them share hotel rooms with other drivers that were coming into orientation that they were complete strangers. And it's like, would you want yourself, would you want to do that? We are maybe even better. Would you want your son or daughter to have to do that? And, and even if it goes to like, when you're like scrolling through your phone or something, how many times do we like something doesn't have PayPal available or some sort of convenience that we're so used to using. And so we abandon it right away. And then we'll put together these recruiting campaigns and it's like, you need to print out this PDF, fill it out and then fax it back to us or scan it and then email it. It's like, you would never do that. Why would you expect your audience to? Who owns a fax anyway? I know that was probably an extreme example, but it's the, the idea of like, you know, do what you would like. What what would you want to see? What what would be attractive to you? And use that for how you try to reach. But it's kind of we're all saying the same thing is that like they're humans, you know. Can we talk more about Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise yes. and monkeys uh. in the passenger seat? Because that <laughs> I want to talk about little Enos. That's the I was good like stuff. the favorite. That's like my, my favorite <laughs> character, little Enos. I can't even say it without laughing. We yeah. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. So weird. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.